A row of men and women stand shackled without hope. Society sees them but says it's normal. They say this is the natural order of things. But one old man is rallying others to fight it, to fight this modern-day slavery, pornography. Hi, my name is Terence, and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review the death of porn. Man of Integrity, Building a World of Nobility by Ray Utland. Porn addiction is a subject that many Christians find uncomfortable to read or talk about. We know it's wrong. The fact that we continue to struggle against it and often fail puts our faith in doubt. For how can Christians who sing praises to a holy God who claim Jesus Christ as Lord over all, who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, can have, as Ortland puts it, a budget for porn in their consciences? The way to win a spiritual battle is to cast darkness into the light, to speak it out into the open. And this book, The Death of Porn, does just that. The man behind this book, Ray Otland, is the senior pastor at Emmanuel Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and served as professor of Old Testament at Trinity Divinity School, Chicago, for nine years. Today's book, The Death of Porn, is in a different category from the theological books or commentaries Otland has written before. This is a book of six chapters, six chapters written as six personal letters from an older man, Ray Otland is over 70 years old, to a younger man. Every chapter begins with, Dear Son. Although he recognizes women can be trapped by porn, this book is written to men. But if you are a woman, keep listening because this book could be of help to you or to someone you love. Ortland was inspired to write this book because of a letter. In 1791, John Wesley wrote to William Wilberforce that unless the divine power had raised Wilberforce up, Wesley could not see how Wilberforce can continue to oppose that cursed villainy, that is, slavery. I quote from Wesley's letter, Unless God has raised you up from this, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them together stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Go on, in the name of God and in the power of His might, till even American slavery, the vilest that ever saw the sun, shall vanish away with it. End quote. Later, Orton writes, This old letter got me thinking. What about us today? What if not just one man, but a whole generation of men takes a bold stand against the new slave trade of our time, pornography? End quote. Pornography is not simply a matter of private conscience or private sin. It's a matter of injustice. I am reminded here of J.F. Kennedy, who said at his Berlin speech, when one man is enslaved, all are not free. J.F.K. was speaking of communism, but what he said equally applies to pornography. In this book, Otland envisions the death of porn, not just for the individual, but for nations. He divides the book into two parts, three chapters each. The first part is titled, Reintroducing the Characters, with the chapters or letters titled, You Are Royalty. Next, She Is Royalty. And lastly, He Is Royalty. Jesus, in this case, is royalty. Part 1 
of uh, with these three chapters is foundational to part two. Foundational in the sense that if you have all the identities right about men, women, and Jesus, then you can build on this foundation towards a good and righteous life. But some of us may not know how to build on these foundations, and that is where part two comes in. Part two gives practical support and encouragement on how to overcome porn. The second part is uh, titled Reimagining the Future, with the chapters titled We Can Do This, Next, We Can Work Together, and lastly, We Can Make a World of Difference. Let me quote from the first letter Ortland writes. Listen to the warmth and comfort he offers. I quote, Dear son, you matter. You matter more than you know. That's what I want to talk to you about. Your dignity before God, what it's worth to you, and how it empowers you to change the future. Do you believe in your own nobility? Yes, you are a nice guy, but being a nice, likable guy hardly rises to the stature of your true identity. Long ago, a Christian leader named Irenaeus got right to the point. The glory of God is a man fully alive. End quote. Now, this book is not a theological dissection of what is sin, nor is it just a feel-good pep talk. Ortland presents biblical truths couched in six personal letters, from Christian to Christian, man to man. In a Crossway podcast interview, Ortland describes why he wrote this book. I'm so fed up with Christian men being scolded, shamed, pressured, cornered, belittled, as if that would help them, as if that would change them. End quote. Now, Ray Otland has a wonderful radio voice, and listening to his gentle and tender voice will likely move you to read the book. Now, does being gentle mean coddling? Does, is he offering a cushion of positive self-esteem? Not at all. In the first chapter, titled You Are Royalty, he at one point writes, We are royal and we are evil. Odland does not offer a psychological solution. He offers the cross of Christ. Addressing the shame men may feel, Odland comforts, I quote, Do you really think after the cross, your shame drives God away? Nope. Your shame is precisely where he can recreate you the most gloriously. End quote. In the second chapter, She is Royalty, he quotes Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He unpacks the verse. I quote, Back when the Bible was written, nobody else was saying that. It's not as though human thought was evolving upward, inching its way toward the equal royalty of the sexes. It's not as though the ancient philosophers and gurus got the ball in the red zone and then the Bible finally scored the touchdown. No. Genesis 1.27 surprised everyone. It was God speaking into our abusive world with a bold claim. A woman deserves all the respect any man deserves because she is created in God's image as much as any man. End quote. Up next is one of my favorite parts of the book. 
if you're trying to describe the royalty of women, how would you describe that majesty, that grandeur? What picture or illustration would give you that, that would portray royalty? Ortland invites us. He draws from J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and he invites us to see every woman as Galadriel, the queen of the elves in the Lord of the Rings. Now, uh, he actually quotes extensively from uh, Tolkien, which we don't have time here to, to quote. But if you have watched the movie where Gimli the dwarf meets Galadriel, you get an idea. God has created every woman with honour, and men are to treasure and protect that honour, even to die for it. The ideas that Ortland introduces seems shivers, seems from an earlier age. Now today, do women still need to be protected? After all, women today can be doctors, pilots, police officers, presidents, and whatever else they desire to be. Do women today still need protection? Now let us listen to one woman's story. Ortland interviews her for this book. Her name is Tara. She says, My first memory in life was when I was four years old and I was being assaulted in a bathroom. By the time I was 18, I had been hurt by eight people on many occasions. I can't remember a time in my life when I wasn't hurting or being hurt. End quote. She continues her story about how she came to work in sex clubs, how she was first video recorded for porn, and how she felt. And finally, thankfully, by the end of the story, we read how she was redeemed in Christ. Her story is a harrowing read, and reading it, we, we should feel that women still need our protection, because many women in the sex industry are brutalized, like Tara, and, and they need protection. And men should not be complicit in this industry. Ortland asked Tara, what would you want to say to men who look at porn? I quote the first paragraph of Tara's answer. What if it was your sister? The women used in the sex industry don't just have a face and a body. They have a soul too. They have a name. No woman grows up thinking, I hope I'll spend my life being abused. But every woman in porn has been trafficked. Trafficking is simply making a profit from someone else's sex act. That's every woman in porn. It's all coercive. Every woman is under duress. Every woman would rather be anywhere else. End quote. Here I want to respond to a possible pushback from some readers. This is not something that Ortland addresses at length, but if you are like me, you might push back against the idea that all women in the sex industry are coerced, under duress, and would rather be anywhere else. All women, you could say some, many, or even most, but surely it's not all. Super Freakonomics, a best-selling book by Stephen D. Levitt and Stephen J. Dubner, was first published in 2011, and it has one chapter on the economics of prostitution. The authors for this book interviewed Ali. Ali was a programmer. Ali then chose to be a high-end escort. In a subsequent online Q&A session, Ali affirms it was her choice. It was not because she was desperate for money 
or she was trapped into the industry. She grew up in a healthy family. So she even goes so far as to even assert, I quote, If the social and legal ramifications were gone, I think that being an escort might be like being a therapist, end quote. If seeing a prostitute is like seeing a therapist, that would solve the consciences of many men. Perhaps the problem is not porn, but illegal, forced, enslaving porn. Perhaps what we need is not the death of porn, but the regulation of porn to make sure that only willing women enter the sex industry. Just like the problem was not slavery, but illegal, forced, and enslaving slavery. What we need is not the abolition of slavery, but the regulation of slavery to make sure that only willing women enter the slave industry. Sorry, I mean the sex industry. And willing men get into them. It doesn't make sense. Ortland rightly calls pornography a justice issue. If we start with the fact okay, that women are royalty, then a regulated sex industry does not make sense. For we are not so depraved yet that we don't understand what it means to be treated like royalty. It certainly doesn't mean being treated like a prostitute. The call for men of integrity to build a world of nobility is not for men to procure willing sex slaves, but to completely demolish, abolish, destroy this sex slave, this slave trade that enslaves both men and women. To realize the glory of men and women as royalty under God's good design. And the ground, the foundation on which we build this world of nobility is Jesus Christ. In the third chapter, Ortland quickly dismisses two false versions of Jesus. There is the feel-good Jesus who always smiles, always approves, never disagrees. There is the feel-bad Jesus for whom your best is never good enough and who insists you try harder and you put your mind to it. What we need is the real Jesus. What we truly hunger and thirst for is Jesus Christ. In one provocative sentence, Ortland writes, It seems crazy, but it's true. Every time you log on to a porn site, what you're really looking for is Jesus. End quote. Jesus is the conquering lion. Jesus is the slain lamb. Ortland explains how knowing the lion and the lamb leads to a life free from porn. At this point, Ortland has written three letters titled, You are royalty, she is royalty, and he is royalty. With our identities secured, what next? Well, we march towards death to porn. Part 2 tells us the various ways we can do this. In this review, I'll just speak on one way because this seems to me the most effective way and uh, we don't have time to go through all the ways. Okay, So let's talk about brotherhood. Brotherhood here does not refer to a men's group or accountability partner. Brotherhood is more than that. It is men sharing a struggle. It is the difference between me fighting together with you in the foxhole against a common enemy 
versus me advising you from afar, from the pulpit or as an accountability partner. To see brotherhood is to see the incarnation of Christ, love in the flesh, real and authentic. As I read Otland's description of brotherhood, I realize this was not my first time reading about this. I have read about Christians struggling with sexual sins and finding a solution in brotherhood in another book. Samson and the Pirate Monks, Calling Men to Authentic Brotherhood by Nate Larkin. Nate Larkin was a preacher who has written his true story of sexual sins, lies, and his descent into what I can only describe as hell on earth. Larkin writes, I quote, I was willing to trust Christ, but I was not ready to trust the body of Christ. To be honest, even my confidence in Christ had worn thin. Evangelists and pastors had promised that all my problems would be solved by a personal relationship with Jesus. I had been reaching out for that relationship for almost my whole life. And where had it gotten me? My biggest problem had grown progressively worse until I was a lying loner hooked on porn and prostitutes. By the time I hit my bottom, even my wife didn't like me anymore. Of course, my relationship with Jesus had never been quite what the preachers described, not even after I became the preacher. The nagging awareness of my religious hypocrisy had prompted countless silent promises to do better. I had vowed to spend more time with God, get up earlier, pray longer, and memorize more scripture. I had made these promises in good faith, but I lacked the discipline to follow through on them for more than a few days. And I felt terrible about that. My personal relationship with Christ hadn't worked, and I knew it was my fault. What I did not yet understand was that while Jesus does offer a personal relationship to every one of his disciples, he never promises any of us a private one. End quote. So next, I want to share a spoiler from this book. I try to avoid spoilers in my reviews, but when it comes to porn addiction, I think men need to hear that victory is possible. And I just want to say that like any good story, you should read the whole journey and not just the final conclusion. At one point in this story, Nate Larkin confesses his sins to his wife. I quote, Yes, I finally said and told her about the prostitutes. With almost cl clinical detachment, she asked for more information. When did it start? How many were there? What were they like? Were they young? Were they pretty? When was the last time? Had I been tested for sexually transmitted diseases? I answered every question as truthfully as I could, and Ellie cried. She kept crying, and I was powerless to comfort her. End quote. So, skipping forward, I quote, For the next week, Ellie and I barely spoke. Then one afternoon, while I was at work, my phone rang. Here's the thing, Ali said. It's clear to me now that our marriage was a joke, and I honestly don't think we can fix it. You destroyed whatever we had. I can't even describe how much it hurts to think of you. She paused for a few seconds, then continued. 
but I do realize that you have changed. You are not the man you used to be. I'm willing to start over again with the new you, but it will take some time. I think you should move out for a while. Then we can start dating again and take it slow from the beginning. End quote. So this is a roller coaster of a book. It's very engaging, and you can see what this uh, uh, Nate Larkin went through. How did he change? How was he redeemed through Christ? How was he redeemed through authentic brotherhood? And what he has experienced is something that he also offers to all readers. Although today's episode is a review of Otland's Death of Porn, I think a quick comparison between Otland's and Larkin's book will show you what each has to offer. Both books show you the horror of sexual sin. Both books show you the hope beyond your sin. Neither of them are self-help books. You can't just pull yourself up and overcome them. Both books offer brotherhood as a solution to porn. As to how they are different, one obvious difference is the title. Otland's book is titled Death of Porn. You pass this book to any guy and neither of you have to say anything. The subject matter is clear from the title. Larkin's book is titled Samson and the Pirate Monks, Calling Men to Authentic Brotherhood. Honestly, <laughs> I got this book at a discount, thinking it was an adventure novel. Samson and the Pirate Monks, how would you think otherwise? <laughs> I got a shock when I read it and found out that this book is about a man's descent into sexual hell. Another difference is that Larkin's book is his story. He is on a stage and sharing his testimony. And testimonies, as you know, are powerful. The abolition of slavery was achieved partly through stories. On the other hand, Otland's book is not his story. He is not on stage telling you about his life. He is writing a personal, heartfelt letter to you to comfort those who are afflicted. Both books are easy to read, but Otland's is easier. Uh, Larkin's book is a bit longer, 224 pages, while Otland's is only 160 pages. But that's not why Death of Porn is easier to read. Larkin's book, as I said, is one long story about his life, while Otland's book is six separate letters. And Otland wrote it in such a way that you can finish one letter in one sitting. Now, the ease of reading is important because if you're getting this book for someone, or maybe even yourself, you need to know which book to get. If your guy is a reader, a man who likes to read biographies, then Larkin's is a good fit. But you see, I know too many guys who just don't read. They have no time to read, or they have very short attention spans. Some people have told me that they can read one chapter today and they can forget the same chapter tomorrow. Now, if you are that type, then you should definitely get Otland's book. Again, it's one letter in one sitting, six letters in all. Easy reading for the busy man. And you really want to get more men to read the book so that they don't freak out. Imagine if right now I go to you. You are my brother in Christ. 
I sit opposite you, I looked at you in the eyes, and I start spewing out my deepest, darkest sin and shame. And you are listening, and you don't know what to say. You don't know why I'm sharing with you all these. And you get the feeling that the next things out of your mouth better be good, or things are going to get bad fast. Of course, I exaggerate for effect, but the truth is it would be good if you and I were both on the same page as we were sharing, as I was sharing with you all my sins. So unless you have someone in your church who is teaching these things, like what Ray Otland did in his church, or if you have someone like Nate Larkin who has learned and has learned from and is modeling brotherhood, um, if you don't have these guys, this type of guys, you might be the only guy who understands what is brotherhood and wants to embrace it and wants to begin one. You see, you don't have to wait for the church leadership to start a teaching series on brotherhood. If you can't explain what it is you're looking for, then you can just pass your friend uh, this book, uh, Death to Porn. This book will help to explain. And so the next time when you're talking to him or when he is talking to you, you both understand what you're both trying to do in not so many words. <laughs> you can't read yourself out of porn, but through this book, you can know how God looks at men how God looks at women, how we are to look at Jesus, and to see God's solution in His people through a small portion of the church, which we call in this book, the Brotherhood. Through this book and its encouragement and the various other solutions which I did not cover, we can all together call for and look towards the death of porn. This is a Reading and Readers review of Death of Porn, Men of Integrity, Building a World of Nobility by Ray Otler. This book is available for $11.99 at Amazon and $13.99 at Logos. I'm hoping that the publisher Crossway might do the thing that they sometimes do, which is to make the book available for free if you sign up to Crossway. I have no news on that, but it's still good to sign up to Crossway. Another thing is that if you want to know more about the book, you can listen to the three Crossway podcast episodes. The, the related episodes, the first one is an interview. The second is the author reading the introduction and the first chapter of the book. And the third episode is the Q&A session, which is also quite uh, helpful. I recommend you subscribe to the Crossway podcast, especially if you like reading. And if you like reading, you will also like Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Note that I reviewed uh, Death of Porn by Ray Otland as part of the Crossway blog review program, but I did not receive any benefits other than the review copy. Thank you.